radioinfluence.com You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello everybody, this is Ian Beckles and welcome back to In the Trenches. Hopefully everybody's having a wonderful week. Um, I spent my last week you know, indulging in the draft. Uh, a lot of people don't like watching the draft. I love to watch the draft. I do. So we're going to talk a little bit about, about that. But uh, first, I want to say, um, you know, my thoughts are with Shaq Barrett, okay? Uh, I just heard today that his two-year-old daughter passed in a pool accident. And uh, I was just talking to Jason, and you know, I have three kids, and they're all older. Uh, I couldn't imagine losing a two-year-old kid because that's just something that you wouldn't wish on your enemy. And uh, he's going to be going through some stuff. I'm sure his teammates are have his back. I'm sure his, his organization has his back and his family. But there ain't nothing you can do. There's nothing you do in this situation because uh, there ain't nothing to take that pain away. You know, I, I listen to a lot of things Mike Tyson says. When people ask him about his the loss of his child, you can tell it was years and years and years ago. But it ain't gone, okay? So this is never going to go away. We don't know how this is going to affect Shaq Barrett as a football player. You know what? I don't really give a rat's ass. Right now, I really care about Shaq Barrett and the way he's dealing with this. And I hope that him and his family figure out a way through this because I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. And I, like I said, I wouldn't wish this upon my, uh, my, my worst enemies. I don't have that many enemies, by the way. All right, let's get a little, uh, little lighter note. Uh, the Buccaneers are, gonna, are going back to the creamsicles this year. Um, the whole reason for them not rocking the creamsicles in the past, I guess, was they have to have the same helmets and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, people missed the creamsicle. The creamsicle's coming back. Uh, I played in the creamsicle for seven years. My whole career here with the Buccaneers was in the creamsicle. Uh, at the time when we were wearing it, uh, didn't seem so cool, okay? Nobody was clamoring to wear that orange. You know, it wasn't that cool. Once you took it away, it became cool. That's what happens with uniforms and you know stuff in sports you know when you when the Houston Astros had that you know the crazy flag thing going on you know on the rainbow I was like oh now it's cool as hell you know anything that's different is cool so those Buccaneer oranges coming back this year I'm looking forward to seeing those and uh and celebrating those you know uh bring them back I never I never embraced the pewter I didn't like the pewter Remember, I, the orange wasn't cool back in the day. Once it went pewter, I was like, eh, bring back the orange. You shouldn't have took all the orange out of it. And that's just me. Um, there's been a lot of speculation and rumors uh, that Tristan Wirth is going to go from right to left tackle. Uh, if you listen to this podcast on the regular, you let you know that I think that Tristan Wirth is, I'm not sure he's not the best Buccaneer football player ever play. I mean, he's that good, okay? I never got a chance to watch Leroy Selman on a regular basis. I know of Leroy Selman. I knew him as a person, as a man. But I didn't get a chance to watch him on a regular basis. I watched Tristan Wirth on a regular basis. He is the, the best Buccaneer football player I've seen since I've been watching since 1990. All right? He's, a, he's, just, he's just that consistent. You never hear his name. Never gets flagged. Never gives up a sack. You never hear his name. That's the best thing you could possibly think of for an offensive lineman. There was speculation and rumors he was gonna he was trying the left side, he was switching back and forth. Now I guess they say he's locked in on the left side. He's gonna be our left tackle now. Um, I don't have an opinion on that. I don't. 
Listen, the Buccaneers, if he was switching from right to left in practice, they had plenty of film to see what he can do. You can see a little bit what somebody's going to look like without pads, but it's not the same. If he's out there without pads looking comfortable on that left-hand side, okay, I, I got to go with the, the coaching staff and say, you know, hopefully it works. It doesn't always work, though, people. I hope we know that. If we're here in Buccaneer land, it, did, it wasn't that long ago where uh, our Ali Marpet, remember Ali Marpet was a Pro Bowl guard and, you know, played well at guard, and they said, oh, we're going to switch him to center. Why? I didn't get why. Center is not necessarily a more important position. If, you have a, if you're great at guard, why are you going to switch somebody to a position that they're average at? And that's what happened. Ali Marpet was an average center, and he was a fantastic guard. So it doesn't always benefit the team. I, like I said, Tristan Wirth is a fantastic right tackle. What if you switch him to left tackle and he's just an average left tackle? Is that a good switch? See, to me, it wouldn't, wouldn't be. I'm not telling you that's what's going to happen because I, I don't see Tristan Wirth struggling anywhere. I just don't. So the Buccaneers did, you know, their investigative journalism by putting some film out there and watching him in practice, probably asking him, I'm sure, it had a lot to do with him as well. So Tristan Wirth is our new left tackle. If he can play left tackle half as good as he plays right tackle, he'll be in the Pro Bowl. And the thing is, in, in this day and age, there's not necessarily better rushers over there. Good rushers are everywhere. If you're a good rusher, a la Micah Parsons or some guys like that, they're just looking for sacrificial lambs. If Tristan works at the left side, don't put him on the right side. That's what. That's how it goes. So we'll see how that all works out with Tristan Wirth and, uh, you know, it, He's going to be a good football player. It's just whether it makes a lot, a lot of sense. Now, speaking about making sense, Devin White uh, wants a trade, all right? Uh, I don't know why anybody would pay a middle linebacker a lot of money. I wouldn't. I mean, a middle linebacker is important, sure, but it's not the, it's not the focal point of this defense by any means, all right? He doesn't want to play his fifth year after a year like you had last year, Devin White did not have a good year last year. He did not. Sorry. Uh, I thought our defense was overblown. I didn't think it was that great. I mean, if our defense was great, remember we thought our defense was great? Find me a defense that's great that doesn't sack the quarterback and doesn't turn over the ball. And they did a little bit towards the end of the season. But they don't sack the quarterback worth a darn. It just doesn't work in, in, in this day and age. If you can't sack the quarterback, you cannot win in the NFL. You cannot win. Aaron Rodgers, and we can go down the list of people that will, will, that will tear your ass apart, okay? Not a lot of them are in the South, fortunately. But if you don't have a pass rush, you're not going to win in the NFL. You, you're, you're just not. Devin White wants a trade. It's his right, I guess, to act an ass. All right. I played through all my contracts. You know, I thought I was loyal to the Buccaneers at the time when it was their time to be loyal. They were not loyal. So I don't really give a crap about loyalty. Okay. But I do give a crap about timing. I don't think the timing is right. Devin, you're coming off a year where I thought you at times were a liability. Uh, you're definitely a liability in coverage. I just, you're not a great cover linebacker. If it comes down to it, I'm game planning against the Buccaneers, I'm going after Devin White, okay? He, he can be a liability. And listen, systems make linebackers. Linebackers don't make systems. 
Name me a great linebacker who didn't have greatness in front of him or was in the great system, all right? We went from Chelton Quarles to Quan Alexander, okay? Now we in Devin White. We didn't miss a beat ever. Now, pass rushers, way, way different. The Bucks have all the leverage, every last bit of it. They really do. Devin White, what are you going to do? You're in your fifth year of a contract. You can't, free agency is over. And you're a middle linebacker. And you're good. That's it. What's going to happen? Where are you going to go? Buccaneers are going to stall him out. He'll probably miss a little bit of training camp. He'll come in. He won't be in great shape. And he'll hurt his own money. That's what's going to happen. It happens all the time. This is the Kyler Murray syndrome. I don't think I've ever heard anybody else use that those terms before, but I'm using it. This is my term. It's the Kyler Murray syndrome. You know what syndrome that is? You ain't that good, but you got to pay me anyways. I'm not that good, but you still got to pay me just because that's the way it goes. All right? <sighs> Boy, I tell you what. It, it, everything is different. Life is different in the NFL. You just have to prove your worth. Now those cats are just a little bit good, and now you got to pay them. You got to pay them. Like somebody like Lamar Jackson, you should have paid him. He should not have to wait this long to get paid the money you sh should have paid him to begin with. See, there's two sides of that. There's the Devin White side, and there's Lamar Jackson side. Why didn't you give him that money when free agency started, stupid? Now he's pissed, and he has no love for your organization. He's going to sign it because he'll take that damn money. But what about the love? You know what I'm saying? Somebody, if somebody goes, hell yeah, let's give you 250. You deserve it. It's way better than you have to, you know, tear up everybody, tear the whole organization up, everybody calling you all kind of names, and you still get the damn 250. It, it doesn't make sense. So to me, the whole Devin White thing, I'm not sure if it ever happens. The Bucks have all the leverage. If they don't sign Devin White, the Bucks will be just as good. I'm just telling you. He's not that great. Now, on social media, everybody knew back in the past I was uh, uh, not a huge fan of Gerald McCoy's play, okay? I'm still not. This, By the way, uh, for all these people I, that I didn't like their play, the second they left the Buccaneers, they've all done exactly this much. If you can find me one play Gerald McCoy made when he left here, I'll eat my shorts. One, okay? So, this big thing was going up, this big to-do I don't even know where it came up. It came up on sports radio. My, my name likes to be in people's mouths on sports radio. That's okay. That's, uh, that's love. Ian Beckles would never think that Gerald McCoy belongs in the ring of honor. Do me a favor and don't put words in my mouth. You know what you've never heard me say? I never said Gerald McCoy's not good. Never. He's a good football player. Good to very good. I'm going to go closer to good. All right? Now, ask me if he belongs in the ring of honor. 195%. What? It's a fucking ring of honor. Okay? You get, it's about accolades. It's about what kind of person you are. Put him in. He got accolades and he's a good person off the field. He deserves to be in. I mean, he's got six, well, he's in six Pro Bowls, I believe. He was a captain the whole time. Now, were they good during the time? No, they sucked, actually. But the ring of honor, yes, he should belong in there. 100% he should belong in there, period, okay? And you have to, all I said was, Joe McCoy was overrated. 
That's all he said. If Jeremy McCoy played today, he wouldn't be making Pro Bowls. There's too many other guys out there. There was very few defensive tackles playing at that time that were worth a darn. That's just the way it was, okay? So he got into technicalities. His defense was never ranked high. He never had statistics. He never had statistics on a defense that wasn't ranked high. There you go. There's my, that's, there's my argument. What other argument is there? All right? He didn't do nothing. Does he belong, belong in the ring of honor? 100%. First, first ballot. So does Tony Mayberry, by the way. But then I'm, I've been, I'm, I remiss. I'm remiss. So the draft happened. I love to watch the draft. What I think is so hilarious about the draft is the way that GMs don't learn, all right? They don't ever learn. They moved up 10 spots to get this quarterback. Stupid. Listen, could anybody tell me situations in the past? You could think, you could hit me up uh, on email and social media, the whole, I, I don't care. How many times do you, do you remember quarterbacks going to bad organizations and turning it around? Okay, Peyton Manning did it. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, John Elway did it. He's a Hall of Famer. Andrew Luck did it on a technicality because Peyton Manning was hurt. That was a technicality. They shouldn't have had that pick because if Peyton was healthy, they wouldn't have had that pick. Um, Cam Newton did it to what to a certain extent. There's not a lot of situations, people. Okay, you're better off with your quarterback drafted at the end of the first round by a good football team. I hope everybody sees that. Like Aaron Rodgers went to a good football team. Patrick Mahomes went to a good football team. It just it doesn't happen very often. And for anybody out there to think that Anthony Richardson's going to be a good football player, I just don't get that. I just don't. I'm just telling you, I don't. What? Okay. Okay, he can jump out the freaking gym. I get it. Can he read a defense? I tell you what he can't do. He can't evade a sack in the NFL, all right? And everybody wants to say, well, we got to get a mobile quarterback. Go, go look for yourself. Mobile quarterbacks get sacked more. Mobile quarterbacks get sacked more. Last year, if we had a mobile quarterback and it wasn't Tom Brady, he'd have been sacked three times the amount. Because Tom was getting that ball out. Brad Johnson gets that ball out. Mobile quarterbacks hold on and they spin and they run and they try to evade sacks. He's a great athlete. Can he read a defense? My God. I don't give a... Is he, if he's a receiver and you're Calvin Johnson, pick him first. He's a quarterback. And that nothing to do with color of me, obviously. It ain't got to do with white or black. Can you read a defense? Did you watch any Gators football last year? This is what I said. Kid's a great athlete, but he can't play quarterback. So does that sound like somebody's going to succeed in the NFL, does it? It doesn't to me. I'm just telling you, okay? I could be wrong. I don't think I have. You, you Force. Force? Just because you could run and jump? How many times do you see quarterbacks jump? How many times is the quarterback speed relevant in a game? Barely ever. Maybe on that 140-yard run, but you really can be sacked all game. Okay, it's about recognition. Now, going down the Buccaneers draft picks, uh, I'm sure I'm going to butcher half these names. Kalijah Kansi from uh, uh, Pittsburgh, defensive tackle. 
I'm gonna say this before I start breaking down these guys. I don't I don't watch a lot of film, okay? If I had to break down the film, I'd break down probably six whole films for me to really see how good somebody was. I watch like highlight films, okay? So this is not me breaking them down by any means, because I'm not Mel Kuyper, right? Not gonna do that. Uh Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle for Pittsburgh. I'm gonna say this. From the highlight films, it can play. It looks good. He reminds me of a Bryant Young. Short, explosive, uh, changes directions well, and he's instinctive. Now, you want to knock on Gerald McCoy? Didn't change directions well, and he wasn't instinctive. That's why I couldn't stand him. The play is way the hell over there. What are you doing way the hell over there? Those are instincts. Getting off the ball is great, but if you don't know where the ball is after that, it doesn't matter. This kid looks good. He looks good. But he looks like a tweener. Like he, I don't know. He's an undersized guy, and don't uh, please don't. Compare him to Aaron Donald and Warren Sapp like everybody else does. Uh, and the second round, they picked uh, Cody Mock, offensive tackle, North Dakota State. Um, he looks just like Ryan Jensen without teeth. Um, played uh, guard at the Senior Bowl, played tackle in college. Big redheaded kid. Uh, watching his film, he's playing for North Dakota State. So who's he playing against? So it's really hard for me to evaluate somebody like that. But before you say he can't play, wouldn't I have said the same thing about Ali Marpet? He went to Hobart. So when he's playing, who do you play against when you're playing for Hobart? Nobody. So it'd be hard to evaluate. So that you have to put on Jason Light and his eye, and it's just got to come down to whether the kid can play. He's got wide hands. His pad level's not great. Uh, he's going to be a guard to me. I don't see him being. I don't see him being a tackle. Uh, third round, Yaya Diaby from uh, defensive end from Louisville. Uh, I mean, college had 14 tackles for losses, nine sacks. He ran a four-five-six at the combine. You want speed is good. Um, he's long, okay. And people don't think that's big. Being a long defensive end is huge. All right, he's long, and that becomes issues when you're long. And he has a great motor. That's what I saw from the limited film that I watched. In the fifth round, they brought in um, Sovassier Dennis. Fantastic name. Linebacker from Pittsburgh. 94 tackles his senior year. Uh, 12 tackles for loss, seven sacks. He had a captain on his chest. Uh, I was a captain in college, so I put something on that. The captainship is something to me. Um, we don't know about Devin White's future here. So if Devin White's future is, you know, maybe somewhere else, maybe this kid jumps in, I don't think you want to exactly put your fifth-round linebacker in as a starting middle linebacker right off rip. But the kid looks good. He's probably more of the future, uh, maybe more of a special teams guy as we go forward. Uh, he's athletic, you know, and he could be a blitzer, which is perfect for, for, for this defense. Fifth round, uh, they brought in Payne Durham, tight end from Purdue, Huge kid, big kid. I watch him a little bit. I watch a little Big Ten football. Like him. Uh, plays strong. Not overly elusive, uh, but he has good hands. All right? Can't ask for much more. Sixth round, they brought in Josh Hayes, cornerback uh, from Kansas State. Good tackler. Big hitter. Uh, l narrow, though. Skinny. Uh, gotta be, you got to be worried if his body's going to last. But narrow kid. You want to see, want to put a little, little bit of weight on. But look good, you know, look good. And, uh, you know, as a fifth rounder, sometimes you find gems in the fifth round, sixth round, even seventh round. Their second sixth round pick, um, Trey Palmer, wide receiver from Nebraska. 
let me say this. Watching his film, I almost wonder why he didn't get picked any higher. His film, he was wide open often. When I mean wide open, I mean five yards in front of a dude. So I don't know if this is his speed. I don't know if it's the competition. He's a Big Ten, played in Nebraska. That's a Big Ten. That's good competition. But the ones I saw, he was wide ass open with crazy separation, all right? He's a guy you can run reverses with, okay? Little things like that. Whether he plays a part this year, I'm not sure. And their last pick was Jose Ramirez, linebacker from Eastern Michigan. He had a captain on his chest as well, which I show love to. He was a 4'8 guy in the combine, so he's not overly fast. Um, he looked like he's going to be a special teams guy. So that's it. That's all their picks. Um, if I had a nickel for every time somebody comes up to me and says, what do you think of the draft? I'd be a rich man, but I don't think of the draft. I don't. And listen, you can go back every year and look at the evaluations. I, I like to say this. You, people say, well, what grade did you give the draft? Let's say in 1990 when the Buccaneers drafted, their first pick in the draft was Keith McCants. Okay? Keith McCants never did anything in the league. He, and they could have picked Junior Seau. So, obviously, that's a bust, right? But then they got Reggie Cobb. And in the fourth round, they got uh, Tony Mayberry, who ends up starting for nine years. In the fifth round, they got Ian Beckles, who started for nine years. So, how was that draft? So, everybody based their draft on the first pick. If you get an A, it's because somebody likes the first pick. Nobody knows anything about the fourth rounder and the fifth rounder and the sixth rounder, which your team is based on. You look at the look at people's rosters. They only get one first rounder every year, guys and gals. One. Your roster is made out of free agents, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders on other people's teams as well. It just it just is. So did the Buccaneers get better? I don't know. Are teams better when they play rookies? I'll answer that one. Nope. Very few rookies make a make a splash at all in the NFL. I mean, at all. You don't want a bunch of rookies playing in the NFL. You just don't. If you have a bunch of rookies playing in the NFL, you're playing for two years from now. All right? I know Aaron Rodgers just signed with the, uh, the Jets. I know Green Bay Packer fans are saying good riddance. I know a bunch of them. They, none of them want them there still. I've never seen a superstar that people wanted out so darn quick. So Jets fans, I know some Jets fans as well. Y'all are funny. Uh, y'all gave up a lot for a guy who doesn't even know if he wants to play next year. You gave up a lot. And you know what? I know that Tom Brady did it with the Bucks. I know, you know, Shane Stafford, did, you know, you know, Stafford did it with the uh, with the Rams. Okay, it happens. Those guys were more ready to win than than the Jets. The Jets haven't won anything. What have the Jets won? Just like the Broncos last year. Oh, we're just bringing Russell Wilson. We'll be champions. You will. You th- does anybody think Russell Wilson's a good leader? I didn't. I didn't before he got to Denver. Does anybody think Aaron Rodgers is a good leader? Oh, you do. Can you tell me the situation where he was a good leader? Can you show it to me? Because I haven't seen it. I don't know Aaron Rodgers to be a good leader. He's a good quarterback. He's a fantastic quarterback. Can spin the hell out that ball. But he don't care about nothing but himself. 
So I don't know if he's the right guy to go to another organization and then all of a sudden say everything's going to be fine and we're going to be good for years to come and blah, blah, blah. All right? But all we have to worry about here is our Buccaneers and where they're going to be heading and where they're going to be heading is I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I think we may see a lot of youth this year with the Buccaneers. That's a very good possibility that we see a lot of youth with the Buccaneers this year. Things haven't happened yet, but I have a funny, funny feeling there's going to be some weird stuff happen because I, I think it's going to be tough to be a Mike Evans and catching the ball from either Trask or Mayfield. It's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be hard for Godwin to keep his head up and be that leader when that ball ain't coming right away like it was with, with Tom Brady. It's going to be tough for some of these Vita Vea players and, you know, Levante David, who's been through tough times and then went through great times. And this, this tough times may be here again. And when you see go through tough times, that's when you really start to see the leadership on this team. And with Tom gone, people are going to have to step up and be leaders. This was Tom's team the last two years. It was Tom's team. Period. So somebody has to take over. It ain't going to be Baker Mayfield, okay? Because if you're Levante David, why the hell would you listen to Baker Mayfield? What have you done? What have you accomplished? Can't be Kyle Trask. So what's, what, what are the Buccaneers basing this season on? You always got to hang your hat on something. What are the Buccaneers hanging their hat, their hat on? Every team can hang their hat on something. It's got to, it could be the defense, it could be the running game, it could be the pass rush, it can be turnovers, it can be our offensive line. The Bucs aren't really stacked at any of that. It could be speed. The Buccaneers don't really have speed. I mean, I just try to come out here and be as real as I can. Where is their speed? I don't see any speed at all. We have a new system, a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, new offensive lineman. That's a lot, people. It's, it's, it's a lot just to bring in a new quarterback in a system that everybody else knows. We're going to bring in a new quarterback who doesn't know squat about football. Okay, compared to Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield knows no football. Compared to Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask knows no football. So that's what we're comparing to right now. It's not that easy to win in the NFL, man. It's hard to win in the NFL, especially if you have shortcomings. And the Buccaneers are going to have a hell of shortcomings this year. They just are. I'm going to be a Buccaneer fan until I die, okay? But I still have to look out there and I still have to evaluate what I see and tell you what may be coming, all right? This, it may be coming. Uh, tough times. You may see a couple names that maybe aren't going to be there by the season. I, I just, I have a funny feeling something funky is going to happen. Because I'm not sure some of these guys want to go through this. And I'm all for people staying where they're at. It's a different time in 2023. It ain't what it was in the early 90s when I played. That is for sure. If anybody wants to hit me up, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. You hit me up on uh, social media. It's Ian underscore Beckles. Is, uh, I do Instagram uh, mostly. And uh, come hang out with us at the Dignitary uh, 
Kava and Smoke Shop. We have a smoke shop here as well. 4817 Southwest Shore Boulevard. If you have your medical card, you can go outside. We have a little lounge. You can hang out and smoke and uh, enjoy yourself. So we're all Buccaneer fans. We'll always be Buccaneer fans. we got to keep our head up. Uh, the draft was cool. And I ain't, don't ask me whether we're gonna, we got better or not. Everybody have a wonderful weekend and please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence.